Praise the Lord, everyone. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? God's been good to all of us. Sometimes it seems like he's better to some than others, but that's really not how God works. That's how we think of things. I think when he saved us, that was the ultimate gift anyway, and there's nothing else God could do to, to outdo salvation. No miracle is greater than the miracle of salvation itself. Amen. So I've always said, well, if he saved me and promised me and gives me hope, I know he'll add benefits. That's the scripture. But, but even if life didn't play fair, I still have a hope beyond this life. So God is still good. Amen. No matter what valley we're in, God is still good. God is good. Turn with me to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Going to read one verse. John chapter 4. You know, I want to testify. I was at, uh, before we go into this lesson, I could have preached on this today, but this, what I'm going to preach on has been heavy on my heart. But I went to Rural King yesterday, and um, I, I had $40 in cash, two 20s. So I went and bought something that came to 19-something, so I had a $20 bill left. And I walked out of Rural King, and uh, there was a church there giving away hot dogs and uh, cupcakes, and she said, free hot dogs. Well, you say free food, you already got my attention. <laughs> so I walked up and said, free? She said, yep, free. She said, we're taking donations, but if you ain't got it, we still want to help people. So I, I, that, that inspired me right there. You know what I mean? They wouldn't put a price on it. She said, we're sharing a building, trying to raise money for a church to, to get our own building. I said, well, that's awesome. So I went and got my car after I got my hot dog and my cupcake. Brother Zelke, I went and got in the parking lot and drove out, and the Lord said, why didn't you give them that other 20? Now, I, it ain't the amount here, okay? It's $20, I'm, so we're not talking boasting matters, okay? But anyway, but I didn't do it. I drove all the way back to Heron, and I went to grab my phone, and I thought I lost my phone. I looked all over, stopped the car, looked all over that car for that phone, could not find it. I said, I got to go back to Carbondale. So on my way back to Carbondale, I felt the peace of the Lord, and I didn't know why. I mean, I needed to find my phone, but so I go up to the, the church and said, did I leave my phone here? And she said, no, no, you didn't. So I went to the counter where I was at. They weren't there. I went to another desk. They couldn't find it. They called on a walkie-talkie. I had Rule King looking for my phone. <laughs> when I walked back out, I said, well, I guess I can't find it. She said, well, let me call it. I said, all right, I'm going to start walking toward my car. So she called it, and my watch told me it was ringing. So I was in distance, <laughs> which is a good thing, okay? So it actually it fell down in my seat in my car, and I easily could have found that phone if I would have just looked over a little bit more. But the peace I felt, the Lord told me, you're going back to Heron because I wanted you to give that $20 to them people. So I handed them that $20, and I said, if God says do it, we got to do it. And I said, it's not the level. I sorry, I said, it's not the price. It's not the cost. It's not the amount. But God's looking for a level of obedience. Can I get an amen in the house? And I felt the peace. I knew that the Lord who was sending me back to Aaron to give an offering. He told me to give. So I'm finding it, Brother Zucky, if we just go ahead and obey, 
it can save us a lot of trouble on down the road. If Jonah would have just listened, it would have saved him a lot of storms. Amen. But anyway, let's get to that. I thought I'd pass that along. And then uh, I guess the pastor was grilling hot dogs. He said, you come to our church and testify about that. And I said, well, that might be they gave me a flyer. And I said, you got my number in your phone. Call me if you want me to come over. I don't care. Jesus is coming, and I think we need to reach whosoever will. Can I get an amen in this house? John, John chapter 4, verse 23, one verse. But the hour cometh, and now is, say now is, when the true worshipers, there's a statement there that I want to talk about, those two words, true worshipers. If there are true worshipers, that also means there are false worshipers and fake worshipers. Not everybody that's lifting their hands is a true worshiper. Ooh, come on. They threw down snakes, and Egypt said, we can do that. So he imitated what was happening. But then the true snake began to eat all that false stuff up. True worship, true message, true service will dispose and eat all that false junk that we're surrounded with up. Aren't you glad for truth? Truth defends itself. Shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. I just want to talk for a little bit here about true worshipers. The purpose of worship is to bring God into our environment. Now, I believe the greater the worship, the greater the move of God. You can disagree all you want to. I don't think God shows up unless there's a welcome map put out. I don't think God shows up because he has nothing else to do. I think God shows up upon invitation. I think God needs to know he's wanted here. I think God needs to know that we love him here. And that is the reason we praise him because what we're doing is inviting God into our environment. We are letting him know you are welcome here. Is God welcome here? Can I get a hand clap in the house? And when God shows up, that's when all things become possible. Okay? All things are not possible without God. Hello? We've seen medications fail. We've seen surgeries fail. We've seen doctors say there's no hope. But when you bring God into the equation, we've seen people say, I don't know what happened, but that tumor's no longer there. The cancer is gone, and something miraculous has happened. You want to know why? They brought God into the situation. They brought God into the atmosphere. So all things are not possible Without God. Our limitations are limited. Amen. I know Jesus says speak to the mountains. I've spoke to the mountain, thrown rocks at the mountain, hit the mountain, and it still stay there. Come on. And then you hear the Lord go through it, around it, or over it. But what I've learned is there's always something to learn. <laughs> Amen. God's got a lesson, and we got to figure that out. 
Because that's going to make us stronger down the road. God prepares us sometimes for battle to help somebody else through their battle. So quit trying to figure out the program and just stay with the agenda. We are called to be worshipers. We are called to be servants. We are called to giving praise. Why don't we just do what God has called us to do? And then let God take care of the rest. Amen? All things become possible when God comes into our presence. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. God's Spirit brings liberty like nothing else can. They've got great programs. I'm going to be honest with you. I know some people, they fault programs that help people quit smoking or quit drinking. I don't fault anything that I feel is trying to help people. Now, you can fault what you want to. But we ultimately know that the power is in the Spirit. Amen? But there's a lot of things that people are doing their best to help people. That comes back to all things are not possible without God. He's the one that makes all things possible. Amen? I remember in my, my alcoholic state before Christ, I talked to people I mean, I, I tried everything. I tried everything. You know the song says, if you've tried everything and everything has failed, why don't you try Jesus? Amen. Hello, why do we put him last? And I'm going to tell you right now, five minutes in an altar of repentance and asking God's first spirit, done what counseling couldn't do, done what mentoring couldn't do, did what medication couldn't do. You know why? I was trying to walk out of a bondage that had me so deep in sin that I couldn't do it under my power or my might or somebody else's might or somebody else's knowledge. I needed the spirit of the Lord to remove my bondage. We are not free until we receive the Spirit of the Lord. Hello, somebody. When God's people begin to worship Him, the chances of miracles are mightily increased. Do we believe that? I'm going to tell you right now, you can't defeat a worshiping church or a worshiping people. That is an impossibility. The enemy is no match for a worshiping church. It overpowers him. When true worship goes up from a true heart, the devil, his demons, people, nobody can stop that. Do you know anybody that can tell God, you're not going in there today because we have other plans? Do you think the devil can say, not today, Jesus, this is my show, I'm running it? I got news for you. God walks where he wants. He does what he wants. He does the who he wants. Uh, nobody can stop him. Uh, he outrules all principality and powers. Uh, everything's going to bow to him. Uh, everything is subjected to him. Uh, there is none greater. There is none higher. And there is none that holds more authority than our Savior. So if he says where my spirit is, there's liberty, you can count on that. Amen. This is why the psalmist said to enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. <laughs> Do you know true worshipers will never need a cheerleading section to get you going? <laughs> Hello? 
sing the right song and I'll dance. So, so you're dancing to a song is what you just told me. Some dance to a rhythm. That's okay. I hear music. I move. I get it. I mean, you know, that's just the way it is with me. I love music. I shake my head. I move. I do. I've even sang to people at red lights. And they go, oh, I love that song. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I'm telling you, my family tell you, I'd roll my windows down and just start singing to some elderly people. You know, just call her the sunshine of my life. <laughs> But when it comes to worship, hello, we always think everything has to be just right to get us where we need to go. Hello? Let me tell you something. It's probably never going to be just right. It's probably never going to be perfect. It's never probably going to be exactly the way you had planned. But here's the real thing. I'm not here to follow my plan or your plan. I'm here to follow his plan. Do it his way. God, if you want to sing Amazing Grace, I can worship with you. If you want to sing something with an upbeat, I can worship with you. Because true worship comes from the heart. You don't need a cheerleading section to get you going. If you do, there's something wrong with you anyway. I know sometimes the carburetor sputters, but come on. We need to come here ready to worship. We need to come expecting God to do something. Expect, expect. He wants you to expect. Amen. Amen. True worshipers, now you hear me, they can worship in the back of the church as good as you can in the front. I've seen some people, and I ain't saying nobody here, but you know, I'm just going to tell you the way I see it. Some people think they got to have a personal audience to worship. What? I'm going to tell you what. We've been back there on response team and at this door, and I've seen guys back here on our response team, hands raised, worshiping. Sometimes we're feeling obligations, and, and we try to keep things as safe as we can, but that don't hinder worship when you want to worship. If you want to worship, you worship whether you're in the back, whether you're in the front, because you know why? Worship is a matter of the heart. Worship is not a matter of appearance. You don't worship because people are watching. You worship because you love him. You worship because he saved you. You worship because God is great and greatly to be praised. That's the agenda of worship. Amen. Man, you ain't got to be seen to worship. If you do, you're more worried about your appearance than you are actually worshiping. Sometimes people get caught up too much in this appearance thing. Hello? I'm caught up in just giving him glory. And worship him. You can receive the Holy Ghost in the back of the church and the front. You can receive the Holy Ghost in your living room. You can receive the Holy Ghost driving your car. You think God's picky where he fills you? You reach out to him with an open heart and watch God touch you. Oh, but I got to get to church on Wednesday so I can be blessed. Honey, you can be blessed in the prayer room. You can be blessed on a drive to work. You can be blessed on the drive home. It's a matter of the heart, not a matter of appearance or where you happen to be. Amen. Praise and worship is a expression. Somebody say expression. Verse Psalms 47 says, 
clap your hands, all you people. Expression. Clap your hands with me, church. You're obeying Psalms 47. Oh, clap your hands. All you people, all you people, don't you think it's time we express ourselves? Don't you think it's time we let God know that we're in this for the long haul? I think it just does us and God some good to let him know it may all be chaos here, but wait till you see my brand new home. I'm going to worship you all the way to the gate, and then when I get through the gate, we're going to take off our crowns, throw them at the floor, and worship him some more. Everything the church is should be about our worship to our Savior. Amen. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Somebody in this house has a praise report. God's done touched you. You need to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hello? I preached one time, you ain't got triumph without putting the ump in triumph. We just need some ump, some get up. Hello? Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Triumph. We are a victorious people. And today's subject is worship. I get it. But it ain't just worship that makes us that way. It's the word. Studying the word having a prayer life, being in the house of God, those, all those things combine and work together to give us that triumph. Hello? Sorry, folks, but you're not going to stay home very, very long and say, I'm just as spiritual as I was a year ago and I ain't been to church. Correction, Aunt, wrong answer. You're just deceiving yourself. That's all you're doing. There ain't nobody in this building that's spiritual enough not to come and stay spiritual. It's a matter of the heart. I said it's a matter of the heart. That's where true worship begins. Amen. Second Samuel eight fourteen. David danced before the Lord with all his might. Man, he wasn't playing no games. Huh? Have you ever just wore yourself out at church? Seriously, I've worn myself. I've went home tired from base, uh, from church than I have work, that I had playing a full game of full court basketball. I've went home wore out from church. Hello? The power of God was so strong, and it just wore me out. Huh? When's the last time you just did it with all your might? Woo. Like, God, I ain't playing games today. Ain't taking no prisoners. I'm going to worship with all my might. I'm going to give you all I got. I'm going to praise you until I'm plumb more out. I think if we got that mindset, including this guy with this microphone, I think we would see church like we've never seen it. We'd seen miracles like we've been wanting. But I'm telling you, we must put out the welcome mat. We must give the invitation that God, you're welcome here. You come here. Let's worship him in such a way he knows he's welcome. Huh? You think, well, God's going to show up anyway. Well, that, he may show up for the ones who are worshiping. You may be on the sideline. Okay. Hello? <laughs> it's like the day of Pentecost. Them, all them scoffers 
all them mockers, Brother Zucky, all them people that were going, these guys are drunk. I'm going to ask you a simple question. Did that stop the moving of God's spirit? He just walks by scoffers, mockers. You know why? This is about invitation. They were in that upper room inviting him. They were in that upper room worshiping him. They were told to go there and wait for the power. Hello? Power's worth waiting on. Somebody say amen in the house. If we want Holy Ghost, quit letting people that don't worship affect your worship. Quit letting people that say all this negative stuff affect your positively. Do you know hanging out with gossipers, if you study Proverbs, was condemned? Hello? Got to watch them still be people. You know what they are. Still be gossiping, still be hating, still be doing all kinds of things. Hello? They'll affect your spirit quicker than you know it. Before you know it, they'll drag you right down to their thinking. Pray for toxic people, of course. You want to see them saved no matter what they're doing. I get and understand all of that. But I'm going to tell you, I won't place nothing or nobody above my salvation. Hello? If you are interrupting a move of God in my heart, you're the one moving. I can tell you that right now. We got to get serious about this thing called worship and who we are and what we're here for. If we want people change, we got to create an atmosphere for change to happen. Hello? You can say, well, I don't know if I believe all that. That ain't on me what you believe. That's on you. He danced with all of his might, got into the city there. You'd be dancing like that too if people died touching that ark incorrectly. Think about what happened. The reason he's dancing with all of his might. Brzezucki's stopping every few feet. We preach it like he just did that because. No, he'd done that because a man's life was dead because he touched the ark wrong. He should have listened. He went and saw. Oh, can I? Ooh. He went and got the wrong advice from the wrong people on how to handle that ark of the covenant to bring it back. Uh, they were telling him, well, carry it like this. You know how they told him to carry it? Told him to carry it like the Egyptians. Told him to carry it like the Philistines. Uh, we can't carry this like Philistines. Uh, we we can't carry this uh, like the world. We can't carry this uh, like the nominal church. Uh, we are the apostolic church uh, that's been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, we got to carry it just a little different. Uh, we are who we are because of him. True worshipers. That's what God is looking for. True worshipers. You don't have to have a dime in your pocket to be a true worshiper. Yeah, thank God. Some of us would really not be good worshipers. Amen? <laughs> My wallet has cobwebs in it. Top that. <laughs> but he danced, got in the city. He was a true worshiper. Say what you want about David's sins and his falling out and everything, but he was a true worshiper. And that's what got him through his difficult moments. You say, man, I've messed up, I've fallen, I've done this. The best advice I can give you is just start worshiping your creator. He already knows you messed up. It's not a secret. His wife's up in the window, Michael. The king's disgusting. He's the king. Does he know what he's doing? In the eyes of the people, well, he's just not acting very kingly. But he sure was acting like somebody that loved God. Hello. 
I've seen people try to pray so proper. They're afraid they're going to wrinkle them clothes. <laughs> if you can't pray without being afraid of wrinkling your clothes, you paid too much for them anyway. <laughs> Hello? True worshipers. Oh, what are the people going to think? Anybody that's in tune with God would be joining in. Anybody that's in tune with God would never, never, never belittle your worship if it's true coming from the heart. I ain't talking about a flesh show. I ain't talking about just to be appearance. I ain't talking about let people know how spiritual I am. I'm talking about when somebody's lifting holy hands and hearts and they're giving God their best in praise. Oh, I think everybody else just needs to join right in and let's worship God in unity i said in unity unity of spirit brings power amen x 3 8 the lame man when he was healed he leaped right up and what did he do he began to worship hello people that have been healed you owe god some worship you may not think you do but you owe god some worship are you hearing me people that have been delivered will always be worshipers you know how you can tell when somebody's been delivered they're thankful Hello? Psalms 102.2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand, somebody say hand, from the hand of the enemy. Delivered people will worship. Healing people will worship. If you're thankful, you need to show it. If you're thankful, you need to respond. If you're thankful, you need to put some action into your thankfulness. Not, well, God knows I'm thankful. No, let God know you're thankful. Oh, clap your hands. Oh, worship him. Lift your voices and have church. God wants us to have church. Amen. Worship brings deliverance from the hand of the enemy. Whom the sun sets free is free. The church is designed to live in liberty and not live in bondage to anything. Nothing. Nothing. I don't care how long you've, you've been in bondage to it. That is not God's will. Not God's will. Just because it's hung on for a long time doesn't mean it has to have permanent stay. Hello? I was an alcoholic for years. There's people in this building. God's brought you from drugs. He's brought you from alcohol. And, and let's just throw this in there. There's some people sitting in this building that was raised on a church pew. And you know the danger of that? Becoming so familiar with church and knowing all the ins and outs. Know a thing ever about Pentecostal church. And yeah, they've always done that. Let me tell you something. You've been delivered too, sir. You've been delivered too, ma'am. I don't care if you was raised on a bar stool or on a church pew. If God has set you free, you owe him worship. If God has ever healed your body, you owe him worship. If God's ever delivered you, you owe him worship. Somebody worship him. Isn't he worthy? I said, isn't he worthy? If you've been healed, raise your hand. If you've been delivered, raise your hand. Let the true worshipers, the true worshipers worship him. Glory. Woo. Sometimes it's going to seem like worship is the only thing you have left. Everything else is left. The health. Huh? Everything. Bad news. Like I said several weeks ago, Joe bowed his head in worship. Why? It's all he had left. Servant, he couldn't go get no money. All the cattle's dead. He couldn't say, kids, could you help me? 
They were gone too. The man literally walked into seven caskets in a church. All gone. No wealth. No nothing. He had nothing. Are you hearing me? He had nothing. And then the wife, she walked out. But while we're on that subject, let me, can I just put this in your brain? Now, a lot of people have downed Job's wife. I wasn't there, so I don't know the story. You don't either. But let's look at this just for a minute. In the defense of married women. Okay? In their defense. She didn't ask for none of that. Okay? Pastors, preachers, your wife did not ask for none of that. She is there as your support. Same sometimes you think, well, I understand it. Maybe they don't. You remember, you've got a call on your life. There's a difference in an anointed man of God than somebody's playing preacher. Hello. His wife just watched the kids die, the wealth gone. I'm going to go where she was a very confused woman. Very confused. Was she in the right? No. She should have stayed by her husband. But are we always in the right? No. I don't know if she came back or what, but I know he had more kids, so they came from some woman. (laughs) I mean, that's the way it used to be and should be, still is. (laughs) Hello, somebody. Okay? We can become so confused and make bad decisions. I feel it could have been different if she would have joined her husband in worship, but she didn't. So we're not sitting here, we're not going to judge Job's wife. Yeah, and I've heard all kinds of horrible stories about her. But don't forget, she just watched her kids die as well before you start making all those ungodly remarks. It's like Samson. The only time you hear about him is when he laid his head head in the lap of Delilah. That's all you ever know about Samson. A lot of people don't want to tell you, but the end of his life was victorious. He's in Hebrews 11. The end of his life was victory. He killed more fellows. Yes, he played games. Yes, he messed up. But I'm going to tell you something. He made it right. His name is in Hebrews 11. Is your name in the book? Come on, somebody. I said, his name's in the book. Is your name in the book? It ain't matter. The journey gets tough. You can fall and mess up, but I know how it ends. If I put my trust in him, if I worship him from start to finish, could somebody just give God some praise? Hallelujah. So he had left. But the hour cometh, the now is. I'm getting ready to close. When the true worshipers, say true worshipers, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such. Seeketh such. You know what God's seeking today? Worship. He's seeking our worship. He used another word seeking in a very important part of the scriptures. He came to seek and save that which is lost. When God is seeking something, it must be very important to him. Come on, somebody. He is seeking our worship. He is waiting for our worship. Do you believe that? God is waiting on roll call to start. Well, I see Brother Zelke there. He's going to give it to me today. I believe there's some people God can count on. 
Come on, somebody. I want to be one of them people that God says, he'll worship. You say, does he say that? What did he tell Satan? Hey, have you considered Job? He ain't going to deny me. Guess we could have preached on, can God count on you? <laughs> Hello? In closing, very familiar story, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises to God, correct? Prisoners heard them. We've heard it many times. Prisoners heard them. As one of my favorite about the whole situation is the prisoners heard them. They didn't shy away from who they were, what they were, and what they were doing. Don't let anybody embarrass you out of your worship. Don't let anybody feel like you are a second-class citizen because we Pentecostals. I think this is the greatest message and thing going this side of heaven. You can think what you want. It don't get any better than the genuine gift of the Holy Ghost. It don't get any better than being baptized in that almighty name of Jesus Christ. It don't get any better than your sins being removed and washed away. I got news for you. We leave in first class. Can I get an amen in the house? I said, we're leaving first class. We're going up with a shout. That don't sound like the pride people to me. Uh, we're living in victory now because we're going to live in victory then. Prisoners heard them. And I love that. The world needs to hear who we are, what we are. Earthquake came, shook the foundations of the prison. Can you imagine that? Somebody said, well, I don't know if they actually shook. Well, the Bible says they actually shook. <laughs> Interpret it how you want to. The foundations shook. You say, you really think they shook? Well, they shook so hard, chains began to fall off. Prison doors began to open. So I'm going to go with they shook. Shake and praise. A huh? whole lot of shaking going on around here. <laughs> I think we just need to shake it up. Shake it up, man. Shake up your faith. Shake up your worship. Let the prisoners hear you. Let the chains fall off. Let's just have shaking praise. You need some things moved out of your life? Start worshiping God and watch him shake your prison. Watch him loose your chains. Watch him do what you need him to do. But it all starts with us. And I close with, no matter what situation you're in, God has a song for the captive. He's got a song just for you. Well, you say it's time we sing it. It's time we worship. It's time we give him all that we have. Because what's he seeking? To, you know what he's seeking here today? He's seeking souls. He's always seeking souls. There's no such thing as, I wonder if God was dealing with them. I can guarantee you God is dealing with them. Because he's always seeking souls. He's always seeking. If it's lost, God is searching for it. You see what I'm saying? And then he's always seeking worship. From who? From us. Who he's redeemed from the hand of the enemy.